On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Joining me on the phone, it is one of my favorite rockers, the one, the only Michael Sweet of Striper, and he has a brand new solo record called 10 and this record man it is everything you would want from a michael sweet from striper solo record it's absolutely it melts your face it is a face melter in fact uh don't call it 10 call it face melter uh the band or not the band but the album includes uh, many special guests including joel hoekstra of White Snake, TSO, and uh, yeah, Share fame. Nothing wrong saying that you uh, play with Share. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, also, Tracy Guns of LA Guns, Lag, and yes, that is the version with Phil Lewis. Let's not be confused. Also, uh, Rich Ward of Fozzie, and who doesn't like Fozzie? I mean, I remember watching the Muppets back in the day, and Fozzie, one of my favorite actually. Uh, Gus G of Firewind and. Uh, formally of Ozzy. Can we even say formally? It was such a blip on the radar that I don't even know if he qualifies as formally of Ozzy. Maybe it was more like a guest of Ozzy, perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Jeff Loomis of Arch Enemy and a lot more. Uh, and, and, oh, oh, oh. and Todd Latour, Latore of Queensryche, uh, that too. So, just a lot of great uh, contributions, a lot of great uh, collaborations, and uh, 10 is out now, so as soon as you're done listening to this, you can head over to uh, Amazon or, or iTunes or wherever you go. Well, of course, there is no more iTunes, and uh, thank you to Apple for that. I updated my uh, Mac OS to Mac Catalina and uh, promptly spent four hours four hours on the phone with, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, not customer service, but tech support, trying to get my Mac to do what a Mac is supposed to do, which is work. So Catalina was a uh, catach- catastrophe. Yes, the uh, Catalina catastrophe. Yeah, so thank you to that. Separating my uh, iTunes into a TV app and a music app, and the music app is a... F- I'll try not to swear, but it's an effing disaster. I mean, it really is. I make playlists, and I've talked a lot about the playlists I have, you know, my 500-song Thunder playlist and my whatever playlist, and they have now removed the ability to search in a playlist. So I have a 500-song playlist, and if I want to hear whatever, Backstreet Symphony Live, I can't search for it. So I got to scroll through the entire playlist to try to find the one song pain in the ass pain in the ass but you know who's not a pain in the ass michael sweet he's not a pain in the ass so let us get over to somebody who is not a pain in the ass and in fact quite a nice person and excuse me for the plosives there here is the one the only guitarist extraordinaire vocalist extraordinaire and just all around great guy 
And uh, just quickly before I forget, uh, for some reason, the Hello, Michael, How Are You part of the uh, conversation did not record. So uh, we will join the conversation or the interview in progress. Uh, so here is uh, the one, the only, le seul et unique, Michael Sweet. So talk to me about, about putting together a collaborative album as you as you have, because there's sort of two train of thoughts. You know, you could do sort of like George Thorogood, who goes in there and does just him and a guitar and a voice, and it's really George solo, solo, solo. And then there's your approach, where or a slash approach, where you go get a whole bunch of guests. So talk to me about getting these different guests on this album. Well, I mean, I basically, on the last album, one side of where I was sitting there, and I, it was time to start working on guitar solos, and I started working on guitar solos because I'm, I'm a guitar player. You know, some people know that, some people don't know that, but I'm a guitar player first and foremost. And when I was sitting there working on solos, I started realizing uh, that it was sounding more and more like a Striper album. Now it's always going to have those flavors to it the minute I sing, and then you add to that me playing guitars rhythm guitars with the tone and everything and it's instantly going to take on that recognizable striper thing and and that sound it just is there's no escaping that not that i want to but there's no escaping that so when i was working on solos it was sounding even more like a striper album so i decided to on one side of war bring in joel holkstra ethan broche to take it to a different place and they did and then on this album fast forward to 10 I wanted to take it a step further, and it's nothing new. It's, it's not like it hasn't been done before, but I wanted to have a different guest player on every song. And not only just guest players, but special guest players, so guys that are special to me, guys that are my friends, guys that I admire, guys that I watch on YouTube late at night, which all these guys I do. I watch all these guys. Andy James, man, I'll sit and watch for hours. When I'm recording an album and we're done for the day, I'll go sit in the kitchen at the at the island um, with the drink and and sit there and watch Andy James play, uh, you know, or or Marzi or any one of these guys, any player on this album. Uh, I'll watch videos of them playing and and I just sit there taking it in, saying, "Wow!" So these are all guys that I've that I love working with, that I admire and I respect, and it's a great way to to amp things up on my album, but it's also a great way to showcase their abilities and their talents. Not that they need that, but, you know, I, I feel like a proud dad, like a proud father, you know, and, and all these guys, my, my kids, so to speak, as corny as that sounds, are, are taking the, the solo. And I'm like, just sitting there going, yep, that's my boy, man. That's that, there he is. And, uh, and I love it. It's so awesome and amazing to have these guys on my album. And then I've got a few guest vocalists as well, a guy by the name of Ian Raposa, who sings for the band Firstborn, who's an amazing singer, and I wanted him to be a part of a song. And then I've got, of course, the one and only Todd Latore, who sings for Queensryche on a song called Son of Man. And I just really love kind of shaking things up, stirring the pot, breaking the molds, you know, by having Todd Latore on a track. People say to me, well, you know, he's an atheist, right? And I say, well, yeah, because he's one of my best friends. So, of course, I know that we talk about we talk get into uh, very friendly debates o over this subject matter of the fact that he's an atheist and I'm a Christian. And, and all the more reason why I wanted him on that song specifically. Uh, so, man, these guys really helped to take this album uh, up 
quite a few levels, in my opinion, and I'm hoping that when people hear it, they agree. So talk to me about uh, differentiating the sound from Striper, because some are going to say, well, your voice, your guitar playing is Striper, and, and that's an identifiable sound, an identifiable brand. Talk to me about the importance of really getting into the Michael Sweet solo sound and giving the fans something really sort of completely different. Well, I'll tell you, Mitch, I, it's, it's a dual-edged sword. Uh, and what I mean by that is I try in some ways to make it less striper, for example, by bringing in guest players and different guests along the way. But I also try at the very same time to not run from the fact that it may sound like striper. So, you know, if people say, hey, how do you write the songs for a solo album? You, you sit down and make sure that they, you know, they're not striper sounding songs and they're not this and not that. And no, I don't. You know, Son of Man and Better Part of Me could easily have been on a striper album. The, the last one or the next one. Very easily. And <clears throat> I don't mind that fact. <clears throat> I don't sit and, and dissect it and break it apart in that way. I... I, I don't think too much about it, really. I just write a song, and if I'm feeling it and I'm excited about it, I go with it. Whether it's a metal track or whether it's a ballad, whether it's a straight-ahead rock track, if I'm liking it, I'm digging it, I'm tapping my foot. If my wife is digging it, she's a very good judge of music, she's digging it. Uh, and then I play it with for a few people, management or, or the label, of course, or what have you, and they're digging it, You know, I go with it. And I run with it, really. So I, I, I try not to think too much about it. And I find that when you get into that, you go down that road, you start li limiting yourself because you start thinking too hard about it. And it starts becoming stale and you lose the freshness of the spontaneity. At least that's my opinion. I agree. Uh, do you lyrically make an effort to to compose songs that are different than what would be composed? I know you said that a couple of them could sound and, and could have ended up, but, but lyrically, do you say, okay, I am going to write something completely different to, to let the fans have a different insight into what's going on in my head? Well, I mean, I, I do think about that sometimes, but at the same time, my heart tells me to write what I'm writing, which is majority, just positive, uh, inspiring lyrics. Uh, it often, like this album is a perfect example of that, often directly from the Bible. You know, 10 lyrics are right out of the Bible. Son of Man, right out of the Bible. Uh, and I feel a calling and uh you know i i'm totally at peace and i feel like my place in this world is to do just that to to write about things that are going to make people think and smile and and feel uh, you know encouraged uplifted inspired and, and on a positive note i i don't come from the school of oh man it's metal so it's got to be this yeah, you know, to me, when people say you got to be singing about the devil or or chicks or or booze and drugs for it to be metal, I I laugh at that. I think that's one of the most comical statements I've ever heard. 
because in my opinion, and I've said this before on record, you know, that has not, those things have nothing to do with metal. You want metal. You, you sing about God and you, you, you go against the tide and against the grain. And that's what is more metal than that? Nothing really. Nothing really. Um, let me talk to you about your, your, your productivity, including the <clears throat> Sweet and Lynch stuff. You, you've put out five albums in the last five years or five albums since 2014 from I'm Not Your Suicide all the way up to 10. Man, um, I'm lagging. I'm falling behind. That's not <laughs> acceptable. I know. You should be like like Kiss in the old days, two albums a year. But <laughs> but but talk to me about that because there there's so many bands and legacy artists and you know so you know excuse me if that <laughs> it insults that you know but, but who who feel that we should just play the hits and just move on and and give the fans the best songs that they remember from 1985. But you're not like that. You you keep moving forward. Um, talk to me about, about that. And is that something you want to continue? I mean, if we do an interview in, in 2021, are we going to be up to seven albums in seven years? Are we going to be up to eight albums in eight years? Is, how important is that for you to keep something fresh coming all the time? It's very important because I'm a very creative person and I want to be able to, you know, uh, somehow, hopefully, uh, release these songs so they can can maybe help people people can listen to a song a michael sweet song and maybe they're inspired by it and they, they write me and say man i was going through this i was going through that and your song got me through it you know I, that that's what's most important to me uh, music i love playing uh, music's in my blood in my dna uh, i was born into it and, and i don't think that's ever going to change until i leave this earth but what's even more important to me is to encourage and help people that means the world to me. And that's the stuff that lasts forever. So it's important for me to keep recording. Uh, and as long as I have the outlets to do that, as long as I have the funds and the way to do that, I'm going to do it. Now, maybe that day will come when I can't, where there isn't a label that can help me do it, or there isn't uh, the money to go in and record an album, or there isn't this, or there isn't that. That day may come. I, I pray and hope that it doesn't. But as long as it is here and I have the opportunity to do it, I'm going to keep doing it. Good. You know, I've got labels like Rat Pack. I've got labels like Frontiers. And there are a, a number of other labels that I've talked to uh, that are ready to work with Michael Sweet. Um, so I'm very blessed in that regard that labels want to work with me. Well, OK, let me ask you this, because I was just interviewing a band named Dirty Honey, this brand new band. They just hit number <laughs> one on mainstream rock and they're independent. And right. I said to him, why don't you want I said to Mark, the, the singer, I said, why don't you want to be on a label? And he said, well, there's really no point to be on a label. We can do it all ourselves. We hit number one on Billboard. It seems to be working. Uh, is it important for you to, to be on a label or can you do this yourself? Is, is being on a label sort of an old time, old mentality or is it important for what you do to have that structure and that infrastructure? It depends on how much work you want to do. And it, it, he's absolutely right. You can do it on your own, but I guarantee you they're working on a, a hell of a lot more, which, which is fine. Oh, yeah. And, and the guys that want to do that. And I've done that. I've released albums independently. My first version of Truth, I released on my own. Um, I packed every single envelope and shipped every single CD, and I did it all. And, and that kept going for a good couple of years. And that's what gained the interest of another label called Restless Records, because I wound up selling like 30,000 copies on my own. 
and and people couldn't believe that you you did what well yeah I, <laughs> and you know, i've gone down that road but it was a lot of work literally me working every day uh reaching out to people taking orders fulfilling orders shipping orders uh it was a ton of work. And am I willing to do that? Absolutely. Do I need a label? No, I really don't. I could easily, you know, go the go, uh, go fund me route or the crowdfunding route. I've chosen not to do that yet uh, because I do have labels that want to work with me that are willing to give me what I need to get it done right. So in other words, if some label comes and offers me $5,000 to go make an album, which there's thousands of labels, I, mean, I shouldn't say thousands, but maybe hundreds that might be willing to do that. And uh, they do it for a lot of bands and they go make, uh, you know, mediocre subpar albums that sound like $5,000 albums, at least in my opinion. And I, I'm just not willing to do that. Uh, I, I need to get a certain amount of money to go and record things properly and produce things properly. So I'm not cutting corners and compromising the quality and, and put some money in my pocket to pay my bills because this is what I do, uh, you know, as a full time job. Uh, not only is it what I love, it's 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 my work. It's my job. So I've been able to fortunately work with labels that are able to give me what I need. Now, if that day comes where they can't and the money dwindles and the funds dwindle and I'll just do it on my own. It's really not not going to be I'm not concerned about it. And I say that very humbly. I'll just reach out to the fan base and they'll help me get it done, because that's the beautiful thing about Michael Sweet and Striper fans is they're. They're so supportive, man, and and they've stood by me and behind me uh, from from day one, and they're still there, and I'm so thankful for that, and so grateful for that. Which is yeah, so am I, and and it's good to know that you're not like a weekend uh, truck driver or something. That <laughs> that this is the only gig. We we love that. Um, some musicians, some musicians are. I know, and I know. Sadly, I mean, they go play on the weekends, and then they go work at Home Depot during the week. Oh yeah, and, and, and a I'm lot not, more I'm than you know. Fun. I, I know. No, I, I talk to them all the time, and and, and and it's sad, but at the same time, these guys have a great attitude about it, and 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 they're okay with that. And I've done that. You know, I I've paid my dues. I've done those things. I when I moved back to Massachusetts in '95, from '95 to 1999 for four years, I worked at the family campground slash cranberry bog business. Because music wasn't happening. And I, I put on my hip waders and work, went out in the bogs and worked. And and I showed people to their campsites and hooked up their trailers and cleaned out their septic tanks. And I got down in the in the dirty, nitty-gritty of it, man. And, and while I was doing that, I was writing songs. And I wrote the entire record, Truth, during that process and then got back into music. But I've been there and done it. I get it. You do what you got to do to survive. But Absolutely. I've been very very blessed over the past 15 years to not have to do that. Oh, absolutely. And, and fans would be amazed. You know, you see a lot of these weekend warrior gigs and for people who don't understand that term, it's, it's bands that go out and really sort of play Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And some of the reasons is because it's more convenient and it's cheaper. And it's, but other reasons are it's because Monday to Friday, 
They yeah. had a nine to five, and and exactly. you're like, oh, really? Anyway, uh, let me get on to something yeah, a little man. more, a little more fun here. Um, Firehouse, not Firehouse. Striper has been performing the Firehouse classic "All She Wrote" at, at shows over the summer. Uh, of course, because of Perry Richardson joining your band, talk to me about that because I I find that so refreshing. I see so many bands that become so self serious, so self indulgent that they just won't do anything for fun. Like you know, you, I know you love Van Halen, and then you go. Oh, yeah. All right, David Lee Roth, sing right now or sing one of the Sammy songs. No, I'm not going to do it. No. no. <laughs> and and there's no reason yeah. for you to do all she wrote. None. Zero, none. Absolutely no reason for you to do it. But it's fun. And you saw the media reports. Everybody's like, hey, you know, it's on Blabbermouth, it's on Brave Words, it's on all. They perform. And it makes it fun. Uh, talk to me about doing that and also welcoming Perry to the band and what it's been like since he's been there. Because it really seems to me that Striper has become, well, not that you weren't before, but but just a very cohesive unit with a new member and yes. everybody's having fun and fans are having fun and the show reports that you get online, because we know how online works, right? As soon as you make Absolutely. one one bum note, it's, oh, the, the show was horrible. I'm not seeing that, <laughs> right? We're not seeing well, that. There, you're gonna, if you go in and YouTube us, you're going to find stuff like that. At times when I've been sick or we screwed up a song or what have you, we, we have our moments. But with with uh, Firehouse, all she wrote in particular, it's just a great song. Firehouse is a great band. You know, putting aside the fact that Perry, formerly of Firehouse, is in our band in Striper, we love the song, and we, you know, we've been uh, doing some covers uh, in this set. It's called the History Tour, and we've been showing people a little bit of our history in terms of the bands and the music and the songs that influenced us. So we've done things like some priest tunes, uh, Van Halen tunes, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Kiss, of course. Uh, and we decided to put a firehouse song in there. And we probably should be doing a few more firehouse songs. It's a great way to show people, uh, you know, the history of our bass player. Cause I mean, firehouse, they were a big, huge band, and and still are. They're out, still out playing. They made they, they've made their mark in rock and roll history, and uh, you know we want to pay respect to that, and even more so because Perry's in our band. We love Perry. Perry has brought <clears throat> new things to the band. There's this there's this contagious joy that he has that's o- uh, overflowing and ever flowing. And he walks in the room. He's got this big, huge smile. He's always smiling. Now, whether he's always in a good mood or not, I don't know. You got to ask him. But Perry's always smiling. And when you see him smiling, you want to smile. You look over on stage. And he's got a big smile. He's not. He's not frowning and uh, you know looking dreadful. But he's looking. He's looking like he's happy to be there. He's having fun. He's enjoying every moment. And that's contagious. You know, when I look at Perry and I see him smiling, I start smiling and then Oz starts and Robert does. And we just love that fact about Perry. And then you add to that uh, how incredibly great he is as a bass player. Very solid in the pocket. Absolute, you know, uh, picture perfect uh, poster child for a professional. Such a good, solid player. And then he's an amazing singer. And a lot of people don't know that, uh, which is perfect for Striper. We're all about harmony vocals. So was and so is Firehouse. 
And a lot of people don't know that a lot of those incredible high vocals came from Perry Richardson, very similar to Michael Anthony of Van Halen. And by the way, it, it is nice to have Perry back in the rock world. He, he had gone off. I think he did some country stuff, and it's just nice that he's back doing the rock stuff. Um, you, you mentioned that the, the, the set list is paying tribute to some of the past bands, the Van Halens and the Kisses and all that. You, of course, put out the covering back in uh, 2011. Uh, is there thoughts of maybe doing a second covering or, or, or another uh, compilation album and pay more tribute to some of the past heroes? Without question. And I've been talking about that since the, the first covering. So it's 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 been a while and it's long overdue. We do want to do that and we're going to do that. It's just a matter of or the question is when uh, as time permits, we'll get in and we'll get it done. We, we've thrown out ideas of some of the other bands that we used to listen to and that we, we grew up on uh, yesterday and today. Now, y and we were really influenced by them. Uh, more so in the in the in the uh, drum department, but we used to go and see them, and we were in awe. And they're one of our favorites. So we'll probably throw in a yesterday and today song, an old one, you know, maybe twenty five hours a day, you know, something something really cool from the first album. Uh, and then <clears throat> bands like, um, oh gosh, a, a, a definitely another Priest song. We want to step that up a level, though. Maybe do something like Exciter. You know, do something where where people say, what? Uh, probably another Maiden song, uh, maybe a Thin Lizzy track, uh, maybe a Cheap Trick and or a Styx track. Ooh, now, now you got me excited. And in fact, I, I've, for some reason, always pictured the band, if you covered something, doing one of the early Def Leppard ones from like the first album or the second album, like we, a, another hit and run or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, no, no, no. We used to cover Def Leppard. Yeah. We covered uh, Wasted and uh, oh man, back in the early days, we absolutely. So we'll we'll throw something in there from Def Leppard for sure. You know, uh, Hello America. Also, there you go. Yeah, Rock Brigade. Exactly, and not because <laughs> you're Canadian, but another band that we listen to all the time and we love is Loverboy. So, Which is funny because we're speaking on um, October 7th, and that's when they released their Get Lucky album. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, man. So uh, good, what, dude. What a great I album. Mean, come on. Those songs, it's undeniable. Metalhead or not, some of, the, some of the best tunes ever. And we would certainly in a heartbeat cover a Loverboy song. You got you got it. Maybe uh, even a Night Ranger song. This is all the stuff. Uh, there you if go. you came to the Striper Garage in 1981, 82, 83, pre-Striper, this is all the stuff you'd be hearing. And uh, just to be a, a pain in the tuchus, uh you did, of course, Black Sabbath's Heaven and Hell the first time around. Yep. You should you should redo it with Todd Latour. <laughs> well, <laughs> dude, right? We we could. We could certainly do that, or right. we could do something even more controversial and pick something real, uh, real exciting from, uh, you know, who knows what. But it, <laughs> Slim we, we got to do another Sabbath song. <laughs> no. Now, see, the tricky part is we start getting into that 12, 13, 14 song range real fast because there's so many bands. Deep Purple, we, we covered Highway Star, but man, we, we cut our teeth on Deep Purple. Oh, my gosh. You know, um, some of these bands of the past, there's some fog hat, bad company, 
two other bands that we listened to a lot growing up. So, I mean, there's a so lot much, of great man. bands. Queen, of course. There's, oh, there's gosh. Never, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, my God. It would never end. Um, before, but we do have to end in a few minutes here. Um, just real quick, uh, guitarist Oz Fox has had all kinds of medical issues. Um, how has that affected you on a personal level? How is that affecting the band? And, of course, more importantly than that, how is he doing? Where Where is he in his uh, prognosis or, or moving forward? Well, the latest that I know and that I have is what everyone knows or has. It, 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 Annie and Oz have been really good about updates uh, on their, their social uh, sites. And um, the latest is that he's seen different doctors uh, and they're trying to determine the best way to go about uh you know, battling whatever it is, what's going on. He's got two uh, tumors or masses in his brain. One is smaller, one's a little larger. And uh, they're just trying to figure out surgery versus uh, treatment versus this versus that. Now, he's he's functioning perfectly well. He's been on a special diet. He's lost some weight. He's feeling really good. And he's been out touring with us. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it's 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 been a little bit interesting in the sense that you continue moving forward. But yet while you're moving forward, you're still thinking about the unknowns. Right. You really are. And it's 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 difficult. And it, it's got to be also just very difficult for you personally to look over and see him. there going, you know, is he going to collapse tonight? Is he like, it, there's got to be a certain amount of fear in maybe not fear, but the, the, you know, it's just looking over, not knowing that your buddy's not 110% like, like you would right. hope he was. No, it, it, there's no question about it. And it, it makes it, <clears throat> it very difficult sometimes. And, and not just for us, but even more so for him. And <clears throat> it's hard, you know, it's, it, and it's just to take it one day at a time process. It really is as cliche as that is to say, because uh, everyone says that, but it's true. Um, but man, it, we've done our best to try to, uh, you know, uh, basically safety net ourselves, you know? Um, and uh, you know, we have like, we just went to South America and we took a guy with us who speaks, uh, uh Portuguese and Spanish. He's a, he's a really great guitar player, Mike Kerr and Mike learned everything. So he was there side stage every night in, in case something were to happen, Mike could have come out and, you know, taken uh, guitar duties and, and gotten us through the rest of the set. You know, so we've really tried to be smart about everything and the way we proceed forward. And then Oz as well in terms of, you know, treatment and, and trying to do what he needs to do as well. Uh, it, it's been tricky. But we've so far been able to figure it out. And, you know, we appreciate everyone's prayers and thoughts and uh, support. And obviously that means the world. It really does. And of course, uh, Mike is on the solo album on the track uh, with you till the end. Um, and I will wrap up on this. Where where do you see yourself going in terms of solo touring? Do you want to get out there and do a lot of... Um, Michael Sweet shows? I do. <clears throat> There's always this feeling of uh, guilt when I think about it. Uh, why? I don't know. 
but there just is. Uh, because, of course, the priority, whether people want to believe this or not, it's true. The priority is Striper. Always has been, always will be. Uh, even though I left the band and we weren't together for a long period of time, when we got back together, uh, it became the priority in my life. And uh, the thing that I want to put above everything else, musically speaking, that's why I left Boston. I left Boston because I felt like it was starting to, you know, uh, take precedence over and, and, and priority over the Striper gig. So I felt like, OK, this isn't working. So I left. Uh, so it's hard for me to figure out how to do the solo thing. But I want to do the solo thing. I feel that it's unfair to the fans to put out all these solo albums and not go uh, perform any songs live. I haven't done that since one. So it's long overdue. I really think like now is a good time to do it. <clears throat> Striper's going to do a new album next year, early part of next year. And I think, uh, you know, Oz is planning on kind of taking things a little easier next year. So we're still going to do some dates, Monsters of Rock, Cruise, Mexico, uh, a few select dates here and there. I think it's going to be a good time for Michael Sweet Band to go out and do some select dates as well. Not like major massive touring, not 100 shows, but maybe, you know, 20, 25 key city select date uh, shows with the full band and go out and really give people these songs live. And it's going to be awesome. Oh, well, of course it's going to be awesome. And uh, by the way, I, I, I forgot to mention that uh, in the past you have done Living on a Prayer, Michael Sweet doing Living on a Prayer, which is all over yes. YouTube and great. So there's a there's a song for the covering or for the solo tour because, man, you sing that fucking beautiful. I mean, oh, you know, dude. You know uh, on that, I will say merci because, well, it is time. Uh, so as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Thank you so much. And uh, à la prochaine. Till the next time. Hey, buddy, you're always so kind and generous, man, and, I, and supportive, and I appreciate it. I can't even tell you enough. I, I wouldn't be sitting here doing what I do if it wasn't for guys like yourself. And anything I can do ever, let me know. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, your time and, and for, you know, taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. And it means the world. Absolutely. And and thank you for, for doing the interview. It's It's always nice when there is a sort of mutual appreciation from the artist for what you do and, and from the reporter for what the artist does. I think it, it's a two-way street, and I don't know. Sometimes sometimes that street seems to get confused, but not in this case, not with you. No, yep. not at all. And, and man, you know, I can't wait to, to see this interview, and, uh, and I thank you again, and I can't wait to see you. Hopefully our paths are going to cross in person sooner than later, you know? Yes, it's been way too long. The last time, I guess, was... Uh, at M3, two M3? years ago. Yeah, no, it's it was. Not, that, that ain't good enough. That ain't good enough. <laughs> Especially considering we only live like four and a half hours from each other, right? You're still in Massachusetts, right? I'm still in Massachusetts, man. Yeah, we're not that far. Yeah, and we're making a drive up to New Hampshire, uh, way up north, New Hampshire. So we'll be even closer. So maybe maybe we can plan coffee or dinner or lunch or something. We'll see. Well, you know, the, the top of New Hampshire or the bottom of Vermont, you know, White River Junction kind of thing, is only two and a half hours, maybe three hours max from me. So, yeah, we got to do that. You let me know I, and let's make it happen. I'll let you know. We're, Lisa and I are talking about it, and we got to just plan it and put it on the calendar. But, I mean, it, we're, we're going to make it happen. So, Thank you, sir. And on that, uh, bonjour. 
All right, brother. God bless you. Get better, feel better, and uh, you have a wonderful day, okay? You're listening to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Rock Talk. 